TB and you on a beautiful Wednesday, live on your Tony Basilio show. Coming to you from parts unknown. I'm actually sitting in a park here in southeastern Pennsylvania. It is a beautiful day. Absolutely a gorgeous day here. And I hope you're having a glorious day wherever you are as we welcome you into another edition. It's a Sean Sinclair Wednesday. Uh, the great Sean Sinclair joins now. And, uh, Doc Sinclair, how you doing, brother? Tony, I am just enjoying this beautiful East Tennessee spring weather. How about you? Man, I'm loving it. It's so nice here right now. And the thing about Pennsylvania, you you remember your northeastern days. Even in the spring, like right now, it's 75 degrees here. But you still have that cool chill in the air, unlike you get in the south. 75 in the south is a warm 75 75 here you get that cool breeze and so it doesn't exactly feel feels ten, like Laura was telling me that the other day we were uh, both commenting on that it, it, it feels like it's about 10 degrees cooler than it actually is up here which is sort of a, a strange deal but at any rate I don't want to bore the listener what I do want to do today and Adam Sparks is going to come by with a primer for spring and just kind of we're going to talk out uh, what his observations are what he's gathered um i just down through the years just haven't been a big spring practice person sean how about you are you a big spring practice person well i certainly used to be uh, when i was in college but uh uh no you know i think the i think the main things you want to do are avoid any kind of injury or setback that's going to cause someone to miss uh, you know, a significant part of the uh, fall training or games. And it looks like uh, Coach Heupel and his staff have bolstered this uh, roster so that they can. They can kind of sit the, you know, the two running backs and uh, give some time to the younger guys. Cooper Mays has had some time off. And that's a luxury uh, for players that have proven themselves in the SEC yep. uh, to kind of, get their bodies healthy they already know what they're doing but also it gives just incredible uh reps and opportunity to some of the young guys that would you know be kind of just eased into the thing so uh it is very valuable uh i'm not a i know this is not what anybody wants to hear is i don't believe in you know exhibition games like the orange and white game etc um, I, I'm more like I've never. I still remember Peerless Price getting, you know, dragged down and, and injuring his leg. Uh, to me, that right there is just one too many. But it's a good off football season celebration, get together yep. opportunity for fans, and so that in that regard, you know, it it has its value. Yeah, I agree with that. Matt was talking about, you know, memories for him as a kid and how a lot of that is sort of cemented. And uh, when when you're a youngster and you get an opportunity to get that close to the field or maybe at the fan day type events, um, which can surround uh, these types of uh, deals, uh, good, clean fun. What I want to do today, and Adam Sparks is going to join us at, at uh, in our second hour, but what we're going to do in the first hour is I want to ask you, the living listener, I'm going to ask Sean as well, and then we'll do some recruiting stuff with Sean, but, um, and, and, and we'll do some hoops recruiting stuff a little later on, which doesn't take long. Um, 
but that's another story for another day. So, uh, and then the baseball situation, we'll look in on that as well. Caduce to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are chasing history right now. The Brewers in 87, the Braves in 82. The Tampa Rays are two games away from tying them, all-time modern era record. Only the seventh team since 1910 to start a season at least 10-0. They're 11-0 right now. Sean, they do that with zero payroll. They do that trading their stars when they become unsignable for them. They do that playing in an airport hangar in a city that doesn't even know they exist, Sean. How incredible is Tampa's organization in all sports? Well, it's very good. You know, it's um, and every year they keep being linked to a move to Nashville or somewhere like that, which which I would like, uh, frankly. But I've got friends in the Tampa area, so. Uh, but you know, they've they've always had the idea, and they do it better than anyone of scouting, drafting. Um, picking up extra young people, especially young arms. And they have an incredible, not only scouting department, they have an incredible uh, nurturing department there. They're, uh, apparently there's some uh, great coaching that goes on. And then, you know, they are of the, they are of the mindset of, because they're a small market team like my Royals are. I mean, they, you, you, they are going to get a kid up to maximum value and then, you know, move them on get some compensatory draft picks or what have you and just keep the machine running. And I think they found a, they found a wonderful little niche uh, that they can be successful because frankly, they're just not going to make a ton of money with fannies in the seats. Uh, the Tampa area, uh, unless things have drastically changed, you know, they, they got to find other revenue. Five for 35 is the number. Five for 35. Tennessee, the draft's a couple weeks away. And the question I'm going to ask today, and I'm going to kick this around, 865-200-5402. I'll get Sean's answer. I'll get uh, Brian's answer. I want your answer. Five players from Tennessee are thought to be projected to be, and I'm, I'm, I'm distilling several projections, but five players in the top, 35. Of course, the quarterback, Hendon Hooker, uh, Darnell Wright, offensive lineman, the two wide receivers uh, in Tillman and Hyatt, Hyatt and Tillman, and then also uh, the defensive lineman, um, Byron Young. My question for you, for Sean, for Brian, and, and I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402 is this. Of those five players, who will be, if you could take one of those guys, who would be the best NFL player out of those five? You could take one. You get one of the five. And then I want to talk to Sean about, from his perspective, the significance of Tennessee seeing their name in lights and getting back on the draft stage. Here's the deal with the NFL. Whether you like it or not, the NFL is it is the sun by which every sport in America sets the clock. It just is. It, it, it eclipses everything. It is 
brighter than everything, whether you like it or not. It has figured out a way, that league, to stay relevant 24-7. Now, I think it's moderately an interesting product, moderately interesting. I don't understand all the hoo-hoo up here. It's, people are insane over it, but I kind of get it. But then again, I'm more of a college football person. But here's the truth, okay? You want to grow this thing and get back in the boat and really get back in the boat with the big boys, you've got to start producing fruit for the NFL. But I want Sean to, I want to ask Sean about that, and then I'm going to go to Sean Bryan. I'm going to go to you at 865-200-5402. Question for you, Bry. Did you watch any of the play-in games last night? Any of the playing games? Uh, uh, yeah, the second one was too late to finish, but I did see parts of the first game between the Hawks and the Miami Heat because the Celtics play the winner of that, which is the. Did Atlanta you notice Hawks. how few people? Did you notice how few people were there last night? I did. It looked like um, it looked like one of those exhibition games against Carson Newman. Exactly what it looked Tennessee like. It looked like. It looked like Tennessee's NIT game when Buzz Peterson and was here and Mike Sweetney and Georgetown were in town. The crowd, I mean, they weren't really into the game either, the ones that were there. It just it looked like a very sterile atmosphere. It's an absolute made-for-TV, nonsensical deal. And I actually, Brian, because I was having trouble sleeping, I actually saw some of the uh, – I stayed up and watched into the third quarter of the Laker game, and the <laughs> – Minnesota, when I turned that thing off, had like a 13-point lead in the third quarter, and I said to myself, this is like watching wrestling. This is Hulk Hogan circa 1984 or 1985, summer of 85, going to the spectrum and cheering for the bad guys like I used to back in the day. I was anti-Hulkamania, and the bad guys had no chance against him. Kamala had no chance against the guy. Because he would always raise his finger, and then the crowd would cheer, and then he would put a hand up, and then his finger would go to the side, and then it would go up to his shoulder, and then it would extend to the sky. This pains me, but I think the Lakers have a puncher's chance against Memphis just because of all the jaw drama and distractions. I hope I'm wrong. I totally agree with that, Brian. They have a puncher's The way they played since the All-Star break, Totally agree with that, Bry. I wouldn't their, their count them out. Their offensive efficiencies, their offensive yeah. efficiencies, like in the top ten right now. I wouldn't count them out. They're at off all. the charts. We'll come back on the other side. I want Sean's answer. We're going to break it down scientifically. I want your answer of the five players: Hendon Hooker, Hyatt, Tillman, uh, the two linemen, offense and defense. Who are you taking? You can have one of them for the NFL. Who are you taking? We're two weeks out, uh, just about, from the NFL draft. We'll continue on the other side. I'm going to get Sean's thoughts on the commitments as well, and we will roll it back after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. All right, Sean Sinclair. Of the five, of the five guys, Cinco, that are uh, to be picked in the top, 35. Um, who's your first pick, Sean? Who's your number one pick? in terms of a pick-to-click in the pros, and tell me why. Oh, I would have to go Darnell Wright. Um, you don't you don't get a guy that athletic, that talented, and that size, and not only that, that young and durable. Um, they don't, those don't come around all the time. He's a, he's a quality run blocker. He's an extremely talented pass pro guy. And he's versatile. He can play right or left tackle. So you get a guy like that, um, he's kind of like Joe Thomas. You know, he just doesn't doesn't say much, puts in 10, 12 years, and has potential to be Hall of Fame type. Um, And I think he's going to go very high. Cinco, in your humble opinion, would that have happened for him under the previous regime? Was that going to happen anyway for him? Well, no. He looked... Respectfully, he looked out of shape. He looked disinterested. Um, he looked lost. Um, no, and none of these guys. I mean, you, you said in the blog today, and I've thought about that before. Is these were either undeveloped, um, hadn't been discovered, hadn't hadn't picked up the uh, spark of enthusiasm, like Cedric Tillman, uh, perfect example. A guy that was a two-star, three-star out of Las Vegas was a was a last throw-in at the end of a signing class. Uh, went to Bishop Gorman out there, which is a powerhouse, but he wasn't the guy. And then uh, he kind of hung around a little bit and then exploded. Came out of nowhere. Well, that happened to Hyatt. That happened to Hooker. Uh, Brian uh, Byron Young, JUCO guy. Um, you know, he... he he seems to be a bit different in that he just seems to a little older, 
uh, life experience is a little different than most. He just came in with a uh, kind of like Kelly Washington, in my opinion, with a high motor, high wanting to succeed, and and then the coaching. But no, you were—I don't know—five and thirty-five. That seems a stretch to me. I think five in the first two rounds, uh, possibly. Uh, but if that, you know, if that happens, this coaching staff is dispelling so many negative recruiting myths out there. Oh, they don't prepare offensive linemen for the NFL. Well, wrong check. Um, their quarterbacks play in a gimmick system. Well, all you're hearing about right now is how Hendon Hooker's maturity, how he processes stuff quickly, how he makes all the throws. None of that was said about him at Virginia Tech. Uh, Highland, I mean, Hyatt wasn't even recruited heavily by in-state South Carolina or Clemson. Um, he has an insignificant, respectfully, two years. In fact, his second year, you know, people were wondering if he was even going to stick around. And then he becomes a Bolitnikoff winner. And Cedric Tillman, we already talked about him. You know, uh, it, uh, unfortunate that he had the injuries, but he was he was set to make his mark on the All-American uh, team uh, if he would have stayed healthy. So. Uh, I, I think all of the negative recruiting is absolutely going to go away or at least become toothless. But also, you know, that's just another success. And you have to wonder if this kind of notor- this kind of um, attention um, negatively affects us with the NCAA again. Because, you know, I don't think it's the NCAA. I think it's people that are talking to the NCAA that want Tennessee to get knocked down the level. Well, that's right. And and I was on plaster yesterday, and George was asking me about that. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, George believes that the NCA this is their last vestige, last chance for them to show they have some kind of teeth. And he basically called those people lecherous and disgusting yesterday on the air, and he's got a pretty good point. I don't put any motive or anything past the NCAA, but... I think it's really interesting when you think about life, right? And you think about Tillman, and you think about the season he had the year before and the season he was on track to have, and then you think about him getting hurt, and then you consider that from there, Hyatt basically went and won the Blitnikoff Award. And I wonder if it's crossed Tillman's mind, hey, if I didn't get hurt, I'm probably up on that stage holding that award, which is probably hard to argue with, Sean could be i think that um i haven't heard this and but Jalen hyatt had an incredible incredible year but if you really watch this offense that award goes to also brew mccoy tillman and uh keaton warren because certainly certainly Jalen hyatt had the stats to justify the award however if those guys aren't running people away from him, if they are being threats to catch the ball themselves, Hyde isn't wide open. Let, let's, and I appreciate what he did, but basically, apart from a couple of plays, he was basically running routes versus air um, things and just being wide open and getting hit and just outrunning people. And that, that that's not a. That's not an individual skill. That's a, and I'm not downing him. That is a, that is a Josh Heupel, Alice Golish, Halsey, uh, 
type deal. And also, the other guys absolutely being very good and selling their assignments to the defense. So I take that as a wide receiver room uh, award, uh, not just a Jalen Hyatt award. And again, I am not trying to take away anything from Jalen Hyatt. I wish him the best. Yeah, and my thing with Hyatt is I don't, I mean, I don't know that I trust him at that level. I'm just looking at it. I mean, I I hope it works out for him, but uh, I don't know. Is that guy physical enough to do that? We'll find out. We'll see. 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402. You look at the NFL draft, you can take one of the five. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? Um, you got the Tillman. You got uh, Hyatt, who we were just talking about. Hendon Hooker, who is getting first-round love, which I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think that was possible in a million years. You've got Wright, who's got franchise potential, though you never know with offensive linemen, but, you know, that's certainly there. Uh, And then you've got a guy on the defensive side of the ball who comes in here as the number one defensive end in the country in, in Byron Young and at times flashed it. And if you can get the lights to come on with him, and he can buckle down. I mean, there's no telling how good he could be at that level. I mean, he could flourish at that level. So let's go to the phones, and we'll grab Tennessee Tom, who will join us first factual and furiously a day in the park with Basilio. Hello, Tennessee Tom. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tom. In the house. Listen, guys, it's sports-related, but not sports-related. I found an interesting read since I'm laid up here a few weeks. Uh our uh, athletic director has really beaten his chest, and I think he has every reason to about these uh, season ticket sales. Do you think it's possible that we sell every single ticket for this coming up year's football games? And have you ever heard of that happen? Um, I mean, you know, I was talking to a couple people that are in the ticket game yesterday. Uh you know, back in the day, and when I say back late late nineties, early two thousands, Tennessee used to sell the stadium out basically, and used to do it charging a premium for the tickets. Now, they're they've sold uh, what's the number eighty? Is it eighty one thousand? Is that the number? I think they're like uh, nine thousand, eight thousand short of seventy one thousand. I think. Or 71000 I'm sorry, Sean. Yeah, because some of those are student tickets as well uh, that they've got to allocate. So 70, I'm sorry, 71000 is the number. I think the days of hard sellouts in all these stadiums are the thing of the past. Now, I do think there will be premium games that will sell out that become must-see events. But I think the days, Tom, unless you just liquidate them, which last year they liquidated a bunch of tickets through brokers, etc., right. um, and held some back, and which maybe that's cooked into this number as well. I don't know, but I just think the day of a hard sellout. I just think that's a thing of the past. But I will say that is a tremendous testament to the spirit of this fan base. They they tried, Tom, but they couldn't break us. They tried really hard, man. They about got me, brother. I, I, I was just yeah, they came close. <laughs> I was just wondering. I mean, because if you look at the you, you look at the common fan out there that may not have a season ticket, 
uh, what what ticket prices are we looking at for a trash game? You know, I mean, because if they're talking this, then are these bad boys going? I mean, it, I know it's based on win and losses, but are these bad boys going to be a hard item to get, Tony? Or are you just going to have to pony up the big money to get them? You know, I, I just think that it, people that want to get into the state now, you might not have the best seat in the house. Some of the premium games, as Tennessee continues to win, I mean, my my vision is one day on the campus getting to host one of those playoff games. Brian, is that the original scenario for the 12-team playoff? Are there going to be host teams, or is that all going to be done uh, elsewhere? Yeah, I think they said that the teams that are seated five through – there's. Four teams have the top four have buys. The teams that are seeded five through eight would get to host, you know, five would host 12, and six would host 11, and so on down the line. Seven hosts 10, eight hosts nine. So I believe there would, yeah, so ideally you'd want to be in the top four, but if you're between five and eight, you'd get to host one game. Sean, you imagine how hard it would be to get into a Tennessee playoff game? Well, that's a good thing. That's an absolute good thing. We're... You know, just be. It wasn't so long ago, like we had the black curtains. People were talking about making, you know, Neyland Stadium a more cozy, uh, more intimate setting. Um, I'm just the opposite. I I actually want that place to be a, you know, a Thunderdome for people to come in. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Back in I, I'm still a proponent for a, a couple Humpty games on the schedule. I know, I know you and others have railed about that before. Why can't we have more great? But you, you know, if, in a situation like this, if you take a look at our baseball team right now, we arguably could be a top 10 team. However, we're, we're losing two or three to number one, number three, number five, number seven, whatever. You got to have those to develop the younger guys to give the starters a little bit of a breather. Um, so, uh, and then also, you know, these Humpty games, quite frankly, drive your Amachi program and get people in the stadium that couldn't go, uh, to a Florida, Georgia, Alabama, et cetera. I guess the question I was going to ask, and I may be wrong on this and I'll get all hop off here is the Tennessee, Georgia game last year was what, uh, one of the highest, uh, regular season college football highest ticket game that that what had ever been laid out there I do believe is this is this a record breaking year for Tennessee football tickets on average prices and I'll hang up and listen to your comment see you folks thank you I, I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to find that out um, I, I guess we'll, we'll have to see um, in terms of the home schedule it's is it uh, it's not the the year that we generally play Georgia at home is generally not the most attractive year. Of course, you do have this year uh, South Carolina here. You want some revenge on them? Yeah, Texas A and M will make this you know, year Texas a little A&M better. Texas A here. In that yeah, regard. But Texas A and M. You know, here's the thing about Texas A and M. They're I don't even know what they are. I mean, well. Are we excited to go watch Texas A&M play? The last time, the only time they've come to Neyland Stadium as a member of the SEC, it was COVID year. So this is the first time that they'll play in Knoxville, unbelievably, in front of a full crowd in a regular Neyland Stadium. And it's been, what, 12, 11 years since they joined the league? 
Wow. They've been in the league that long. 2012, I think, right? Dawn does make a good point. I, I guess my thing about the schedule is they're going to go to nine SEC games. They're just going to make the league a meat grinder. And at some point, they're going to announce this pod system, which, I, you know, it's going to be real interesting to see how that's going to go. Um, but Sean makes a really good point with the the need to keep you a couple breathers in there. I wonder if they keep doing the one double A thing. I wonder how that's gonna. Well, they they put a breather. They put one in Nashville on a neutral field against Virginia. No doubt about it, Brian. There's no no question. That's exactly what's happened. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Sean, what do you think of the last couple of uh, football commitments? The two offensive linemen. You like them? Sean may have had to go check on a patient. So. All right, my number we'll is 865-200-5402 if you want to join. Again, 865-200-5402. The question uh, becomes for you today, uh, and you look at those first five draft picks projected. Who are you taking? You taking one of those wide receivers? Are they going to be breakout stars in the NFL? You taking Darnell Wright, who Sean said? Uh, Brian, who are you taking? Who's your Who's your pick from the five? I'll go with Byron Young. All right, tell me why. You've got to have guys who can get to the quarterback, put pressure on him, and you've got to have guys who can protect the quarterback. That that's at a that's at a premium because it's a QB league, and I just think those guys right now are going to be set up to have the longest career. I'm not really sold on. Uh, I just don't know about the two. Tillman has been hurt a lot, and I don't know if I don't know if if Hyatt he's going to have a little bit more difficult time against NFL secondaries than he did in the SEC. And Hooker, I believe, is probably if, if they draft him real high, he'll have to be starting. But but I don't know. If, I don't think I'm really sold on him as as a. NFL quarterback, maybe he'll he'll be at least he's at least going to be in a roster somewhere for a while, yep, and make a good living doing that, and he won't have to do anything else when he gets done. But I I, I don't know about taking him in the top ten. So I would go with I would go with Wright and I would go with Young. I'm just really surprised, Bry, by all the first round talk with Hooker. I, I'm just, but that's great though. That's one. That's great for the program. That's great for Tennessee. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying Watson Brown brought that up to me several months ago. He said, that guy's going to be a first-round pick. And I was like, uh, okay. Have it your way. Okay. Sean, you surprised that Hendon Hooker's uh, regarded as a first-round pick? Not at all. Um, uh, Modern therapeutics and surgery uh, are going are making that uh, you take a look at uh, Joe Burrow he came back at a, a, you know an exceptional level uh, this past year off of a knee injury uh, and if Hooker wouldn't have been hurt um, and likely well there's no question if he had not hurt he's in New York for the Heisman ceremony and he likely gets a lot of votes there who would you take over him? You know, the C.J. Stroud thing, I, Bryce Young, I think, is 
um, is probably, in my opinion, a better college player. Uh, but I'm I'm still not convinced on the the under six foot quarterbacks in the I, NFL. I agree with that, term. Sean. I, I agree with that, Sean. Especially guys that have to run around because, and I'm not trying to make I'm I am not making sport of this, but the RG threes of the world, the little spindly guys. The the difference between Jalen Hurts and those other Alabama quarterbacks is look at the guy's trunk. He's a huge human being. That's a big, huge fullback like guy uh, that the Eagles have playing quarterback. In terms of um, those two other Bama quarterbacks, those little spindly guys, and I'm not trying to go here, but look at two at Miami. So hard to keep him on the field. Gets exposed, gets hit. Look at the guy out there, that little dude out at Arizona. You know, I just well, look I'm at Baker you, Mayfield. Sean. He's already washed out. Yeah, it's a different level, man. I'm with you. I'm well, with a, you. You know, when you have that, it, it is it is nice to watch that kind of athletic escapability. However, you still have to be predictable. And you have to, I mean, it is great in college when you can do all that and extend things. But none of these guys are Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can extend plays, but he is still a Hall of Fame passer, you know, whether he's sitting in a chair back there or whatever. These guys make their fame by running around. Uh, and, you know, that for for wide receivers, for that also sets up for, uh, you know, uh, uh Offensive linemen that don't know where you are, uh, for receivers that have to break out, break off routes and stuff. Um, I, I would think as an offensive coordinator, predictability is probably a little bit better um, than going on. It wouldn't surprise me quite. For, and I know this may be silly. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Matt Jones at New England is that his name has a um, uh, the, the the other Bama quarterback if he has a longer career than than uh, than Tua. Yeah, old Mackey baby. Mac you mean Jones, then, then the kid that's going into the gig? Yeah. Mac Jones. Um, yeah, sorry Mac about Jones that. Jones used to play for LSU. It was a wide receiver down there. But the great Mac Jones. Mac Jones. 865-200-5402. Yeah, I, you know, the Stroud guy I like, he's a bigger kid. You know, if I'm going to take a guy, I get the the Levis has the body type. I don't know that he has the, I don't know that he has the intangibles. If you took a Levis and you gave him the makeup of a Hendon Hooker, whew, oh boy. Well, well you, oh take boy. Your, you take Jones and Caleb Williams out there, and I'm really going to ask who they play. I mean, you, you are... When you're in the SEC, and I'm not saying this for Levis, but you are battle-tested. You put, I think Anthony Richardson could have unreal numbers at Ohio State. With the talent disparity that they line up with every single game. If Anthony Richardson at Florida, it was at uh, USC, I think he'd be Heisman worthy. If Anthony Richardson gets in the right spot and they don't put too much on him, and they let him grow and learn the game, he could be a hell of an NFL quarterback. He could also be a complete bust after two years. Absolutely. He is a he is one of those high risk, high reward guys that you before you draft him, 
especially if you're going to spend high capital on them, you're going to sit there and really debate, really debate, really debate. Is he going to be like the guy that, you know, obviously he doesn't have a kid's personal habits, but the guy that ended up on the Zizarp. What was his name from LSU, the Zizarp guy? Uh, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell, the Zizarp. Well, my, my issue with Anthony Richardson is between the ears, and that is not a racial uh, 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 intelligence um, or anything like that, so don't bring that to me. I, I think he has shown some immaturity, and he's younger, and some other things that, uh, you know, I question his leadership. And in the NFL, when you get in that huddle, all eyes are looking at you. And I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, I yep. hope he does, because he's a wonderful athlete. He's, I, I just sat there and watched him throw for 400 yards, and I just like, this kid's special. A great example but of what you're talking he does about, some, He does Sean. some goofy things, too. Well, a good example of what you're talking about is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has had to go to three organizations now to prove that he's a total turd. And when you're a turd and you don't command the locker room versus a Jalen Hurts, who I never dreamed would be the player that he is in Philly. Jerry Colquitt told me, Tony, he's going to be a really nice NFL quarterback. I thought he was nuts. I, I thought there's just no way. Watching that guy in college, that's a running back playing NFL football, Jalen Hurts commands that locker room and has the the uh, emotional intelligence, that whole package surrounding him. Carson Wentz has that thing you're talking about with the kid from Florida where those guys, guys that aren't natural leaders, so to speak, in that deal, get exposed. They just, they just get exposed, and and that's so that's how Hooker becomes be more valuable and a higher pick. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think that's really helped him. I think that's right because quarterbacks can't be goofy. They just can't. Quarterbacks have to be quarterbacks. They can't behave like wide receivers. They can't be divas. Quarterbacks got to be a quarterback. So it's a very unique position, maybe in all of sports. Look, you take a look at again. We're talking about the quarterback. You know, Cam Newton was great until that Super Bowl when he chose not to get on the ground. Yep. For that for that fumble. Yep. And it went downhill fast. And it, that had nothing to do with that athletic ability. It had everything to do with. You know, being the being the guy, being the leader, being the whatever. Uh, again, Heisman Trophy, one of the greatest yep. natural athletes I've ever seen. Incredible. But but that got goofy real quick on on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, you lose a locker room too. It's hard to get it back. We continue. It's a Tony Basilio show live with you on a Wednesday. We come back. On the other side, little hoops, little baseball. We'll mix it in with the football. Adam Sparks coming up at noon. And my boy John Schneider breaking it down scientifically as well in the noon hour as we continue with more after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Let's go back to the phones. Question is, who from Tennessee's, uh, the, the, the five that are at the top of this draft, and I hope, look, I hope they're all day one and two picks. That would be incredible. Tennessee gets a couple in the first round, two or three. That would be insane. Uh, the balls have to do that. You know, you, it's got to come out in the wash at some point. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Like it's going for two for the baseball team, you know. It's got to come out in the wash. It, it just does. Uh, let's go back to the phones at 865-200-5402 and get our next call in. He calls himself Goldbrick. Joe Goldbricker, what's up? What's up, guys? What's up, Live PD Joe? <laughs> On oh, patrol, there's Joe. Some, there are some good ones on the past weekend. Now let me tell you. 
uh, from the past week that wasn't that great. The, the, the last weekend's offerings were pretty great. But uh, I can't wait. I missed it. Yep, I missed it. Go ahead, my friend. No, no, no. no. Yeah, you, you're in for some good entertainment there for sure. There you go. It. But uh, uh, and anybody that does not that's not watching on control, I've got to watch a great show. Anyways, on right control, on. Plug. Anyways, um, I think if you say five balls getting picked in, like I think Cinco had it about right. Either in the top, the second round, or you could even maybe squeeze them into 50. Because it seems like Tillman's kind of starting to jump up there a little bit, too, as far as the draft projections and stuff like that. But um, I just kind of want to talk about Hooker and just the fact that I know I've talked to you, kind of you about this a bunch, but I think there's so much that's getting placed on those rookie quarterback contracts now and how teams can build around the quarterback if they think that they can do it in that first four or five years, and you get that extra basically cheap year with that fifth-year option that you're going to get. I mean, I think that's just becoming so more evident. If you look at it this year, you had three of the four, I think, they're basically in the end of the rookie contract. Um, it's just you've got that kind of window there where you can really build around that, that young quarterback and put pieces around him and pay around him versus having to pay the quarterback. And uh, I, I just think that's why he's getting pushed up, and that's why there's all those quarterbacks get pushed up like that. And well, it's so, funny, right? Kind of like Philly did with Hurts. You know, exactly it's like, right. um, and then they went and got a super team last year because they had him on a cheap deal. Now they got to put him yep. on a real deal. And and when they put him on a real deal, they had to let several guys go in the off season, and their fan base is like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? But. You know, you only—it's kind of like this NIL thing. Our, our, our fans and other mm-hmm. fans think that NIL is some like bottomless pit of money that you're going to spend, and that's just not the way it is. You're going to figure out who you want, how much it's going to take, and then can you work within a budget to keep your roster intact, and then to go out and add a few pieces. And and exactly, you know, it's going to be. It, and that's how it's going to be in college football too. You know, you, you you're yep. not, but in the NFL, the quarterback's going to that be the cap is a great equalizer, Joe. That's a good point yep. you bring up. But here's my question, right? So with Hooker, if that's the premise, then why would I take him at the top of the first round? The guys I'm going to take are guys that can get on the field right away. Well, I don't. Think can you I take put him, him on the, the field the right away? I, I think you take. I think there's teams that trade up in the bottom of the first. Or one of those later teams. Like, I can see, like, Seattle, notorious for trading back. Notorious yep. for it. I mean, just, like, yep. notorious for it. Trading back that second pick in the first round to, like, pick 30. Getting somebody else wanting to move up because somebody's falling in the draft like it always happens every year. And they trade back, and then they pick him. They've got Geno Smith on a very workable deal where they're going to easily yep. get out of that deal after a year. They got him on that red shirt year, basically, and you still have that extra year because of that extra that extra year you're going to get with the contract, anyways. So, I just think that's why he's getting so far up there. And I think, I think you all are right about what Levis saying. I just, I think he's dropping, and it's 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 dropping fast. And I just pray to God that my Titans don't trade up to three to go after Anthony Richardson. That's just one of the craziest things. That's Well, you know, the the Titans interviewed Will Levis the other day, and I'm just like, surely they're not going to draft Will Levis. 
Surely they're not, I right? I just can't imagine that. No. They've got to get this thing right, man. The Titans. The thing about the well, NFL that's crazy, Sean, is if you don't have a quarterback. A... Yeah. If you don't have one of those guys, Sean, you don't have a chance. That's the thing about the NFL. It's pretty simple. Well, exactly. And I've, I've just been educated by the caller. I really appreciate yeah. the, you know, because I think about how how fortunate the Chiefs uh, were with, you know, they had Mahomes, and last year was his first year on that, or second year, first or second on that mega contract. Well, they, yep. you know, they had to have, uh, Tyreek Hill. They had to let him go. They just, Orlando Brown, uh, you know, a lot of these other guys have to go. But, you know, they still were able to do that, uh, you know, and, and win a championship. Uh, but uh, I think that's, I think that's fascinating, that thought about that. I wasn't aware of that the fifth year and, uh, kind of keep them around. I, I think that's why you do go and, uh, take a quarterback and develop them because they, man, a lot, a lot of these first rounders, they, whether it was, uh, you know, the kid from, that went to the Bears from North Carolina, um, I, I would dare, I don't have, I would dare say two, two thirds of these kids don't pan out after the second or no third doubt. year in the NFL. No doubt about it, Sean. No doubt. It is, For uh, yeah. Th- there are a lot, there are a lot more Achille Smiths walking around than there are Jalen Hurts's man. That's just the way it is. I think if you're if you're asking who's the best player that's probably gonna come out of those five, I think you do really have to go with probably I mean it's just the obvious answer is Darnell right. It just really is. I mean I think maybe with Cedric Tillman being maybe kind of a one A, I just think he kinda of has the intangibles and stuff that, that you kinda of see that kinda of works in the NFL. But darn mm-hmm. all right, for all the reasons basically think I pointed out earlier. You're thinking Tillman with the big body? Is that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, traffic. I think with his size and just everything like that, and with, yep. the, with the draft this year that's so depth of that, too, there's, um, I mean, there's just not that. There's so many 180-pound, 175-pound wide receivers this year. Mm-hmm. It's just him being 6'3", and... Two fifteen is just gonna. That's just gonna shoot him up too. I think. So I, um, I've always favored the big body guys. Now Sean's, Sean's guys have made it. Oh. Balls in the, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. No, you sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead, man. No, no, no. I was just saying it's just like as somebody that just really does enjoy like just the draft process. I'm just kind of like one of these geeks. that's kind of like this stuff, but um, but the somebody it's just so nice to be able to like see those guys. So many guys too in the top fifty are just just there. That's just you know, it's just so cool to to be able to just see that now. I'm just so glad that we've got some actual players up there and some really good dudes. All those dudes that are those top five are solid, solid guys too. Like really good dudes. That's a good point. And listen, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. And Sean, he's got a great point. As an NFL fan. It's going to be fun to see a bunch of guys go. But it's it's of paramount importance to the program if that continues to happen, right? you got to keep developing people. Well, absolutely. And, that, and that's why I think that you have to come out of this with a little confidence that this group of coaches knows how to develop people. So if you're going to, you know, I know there's a lot of, we'll talk recruiting here, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of naysayers talking about these offensive linemen that have committed. Okay, or you know what's what's going on with Brian Grant? You know he's well, the guy's six nine, three hundred twenty pounds, and he still looks thin, and he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I think we just got a legal in. 
Okay, wow, well, right, that, that means like, it's not you, you. You again, whoever told you that that said kids are allowed to get better. Um, we're seeing that. You know, I like I like Tillman better than Hyatt. Quite frankly, he reminds yeah, me of. I do too. Uh, I know he's not going to be this good, but you know, Larry Johnson. The, is that what, who was the guy? I, I, I'm not good with names today. The kid from Pitt who mayor, who was awesome. Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Excuse me. I'm just. I don't know what's yeah. going on. Old old brain today. And I'm not saying he's like that, but a kid that, or the kid that was at um, uh, South Carolina that uh, Lane Kiffin said is going to pump gas. Alshon you know, Jeffrey. That's a really good comparison, by the way. Yeah, Alshon those, Jeffrey those guys, and him all is they a do really is nice just comparison. catch football. Yes. That's right. And guys that physically can go up and get balls, physically can take on safeties, because in that league, safeties are going to hammer you and put you out of games. So that's her job. Let's get Bill in here. Is up next. Adam Sparks coming up momentarily, and we'll do a uh, spring update with him. Uh, Billy, how we doing? I'm doing okay. Tony, I tend to differ with you on Will Levis. I, because when I saw him in the combine, I was very much impressed. Okay. And and this past season, it wasn't really all of Will Levis's fault. Because look. Let's face it, Tony, Kentucky had a sorry excuse for an offensive line. That's very and accurate. They had a dreadful, that was a dreadful offense, not just offensive line. That was essentially a dreadful offense they put around him. Exactly. So you, you would put him in a very good organization. I really feel he'll do well. So I believe Will Levis will be a success. Now, you know, I'm it high is. on Rand Carthon. I'm high on the Rand Carthon, uh, the future in Nashville. I'll be really surprised if the Titans grab Levis. Brian, who are the Titans going to take there at three? Call your shot, Brian. Which quarterback are they taking? Um, I, I don't – is it – do you think they're necessarily going to take a quarterback there? I don't know. Maybe not. Do they have to, Bill? Do they have to take quarterback there? Bill? I don't really feel that they have to take a quarterback because, look, Tanny Hill is on the final year of his contract. Yep. They're doing everything they can to deal to, uh, to trade him. And I also read on my little newspaper. Well, wouldn't that mean that they need a quarterback, Bill? Bill, wouldn't that Because huh? they don't like Malik Willis at all. So wouldn't that need, mean they need a quarterback? You just told me they don't need a quarterback. And then you turn around and tell me they need a quarterback. Now, which one is it? You got me confused here. Well, what I was about to say, Tony, from what I understand, um, they they're 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 wanting to trade Malik Willis, but I don't know which teams would want to take him. I think uh, Sean Malik Willis. I think uh, the Memphis Showboats, Birmingham Stallions. Philadelphia Stars, Michigan Panthers, Sean, which of those four do you think uh, the Titans could work a deal with? Maybe the uh, New Orleans Breakers, Cinco? I'm not sure, but I mean, it's it's interesting how Bill's talking about Malik Willis being not so great, and then Levis, he's defending Levis. Yep. They're, they're essentially the same product, not the same player, but they, they're, they're combined warriors. They're guys that look great in shorts and throw into you yep. know, receivers and talk about how far they go. Will Levis, 
Will Levis is missing the number one trait you need in a quarterback, and that's being a winner. He's never won anything. He can't win. In fact, most of the time, he sulks off or he, he gets in, you know, he's got a, a hangnail or some nonsense. I keep hearing how RoboCop and Tuffy, the guy never's on the field. And when he's on the field, all he does is throw interceptions. He is not an NFL quarterback. By Bill, are you going to take that? Bill, are, Bill, are you going to take that? No, I, I, I tend to differ with you there, Sean Sinclair. Okay, how so? I believe I, be, I believe he I believe he will be a success in the NFL. Based on what? If not for if not for the Titans, but for maybe somebody else, maybe the Detroit Lions. Hey, I'm open for that. If you'll tell me what, how are you hanging your hat on that? Based on uh, it's certainly not based on anything he did in college. No, okay, he didn't win an SEC championship, but still. I feel I feel I feel he could be, he, I feel he will not fail in the NFL. Okay, we'll, we'll see. That's my see, perspective uh, on it. All right, uh, on the, on yeah. on which Tennessee player will I believe will be a success? Yes, I believe if successful. you put Jalen Hyatt in a good organization, let's say like the Cincinnati Bengals, yes, with Joe Burrow. Yes. I I believe he he will be a success. I think the thing about those five guys is uh Goldbrick made a case for um uh made a case earlier for uh, Tillman. You're making a case for Hyatt. Brian made a case earlier for Byron Young, who's my choice. Cinco made a case earlier for Darnell Wright. Look, I I think any of these guys have a chance to be pretty good at that level. And I'm not blowing smoke at you. Now, I think a couple of them have a chance to be just position-wise better than others. But who knows, Bill? I mean, maybe maybe, uh, maybe Hyatt ends up in Cinco's Chiefs offense, you know? I mean, he'd be hell on wheels if he got an opportunity in a spot like that. Yeah, you know, that's true. about Byron Young is the same thing that yeah. happened with Barnett and some of these other guys. A shorter defense pass specialist with short mm. arms, relatively short mm. arms. Usually gets lost uh, inside a NFL offensive line. Or you know, let's I think, say, I think Tony that's Barnett succeeded, but you know that he, he, I mean, I love him still, but he's not yeah. doing much for your Eagles. I know he's been uh, hurt a little. No, bit. he never. No, he, he never did. Barnett he can't get off. A, he can't his, get off an offensive yeah. tackle. Sean, we used to have these debates, right? Barnett or the kid from Texas A and M. And looking back oh, on it, A and M kid all the time. I mean, the kid from A&M's been incredible in Cleveland. And he's done it in Cleveland where nobody can play. So I feel that maybe Hyatt, you know, I'll tell you what, I would like to see him go to your Eagles. Maybe he could be a, he could be a perfect fit for them. We have several uh, picks, Bill, on the top of the draft. The Eagles are talking about, there's been, been a debate in Philadelphia about whether or not they should draft B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas at 10, where, you know, it's just out of style now to take running backs to the top of a draft. But, look, I think if a guy's a special player, he's a special player. And, you know, if you think B. John Robinson can put you over the top and get you to the Super Bowl this year, by all means, go get him. But, uh, personally, I wouldn't with, do my that. My issue with Hyatt is the fact that he rarely was, he rarely was defended by a cornerback yep. last That's year. That's right. That's right. 
he was usually defended by either an outside linebacker or a safety, and then they would motion him around to make sure they got that mismatch. I'd like to, you know, again, against Georgia, he didn't show up. Against South Carolina, was was it Cam? The, 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 he didn't show up. Uh, and it's nothing against him. It's I think that he he absolutely should buy his wide receiver coach and his offense coordinator brand-new cars if he's a first-round draft A Seiko pick. watch. Seiko, a Seiko watch. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. If Rand Carson knows what's good for him, and I said this to you before, um, stay at 11. Maybe there's a good chance if you, you – they don't have to get a wide receiver right off the bat or an offensive lineman. I would like to see them go after an A1 quality safety or corner. Well, Bill, and, you have and a doc good. Your voice has been heard. Your voice has been heard. Have a doc good. And let me bring Adam Sparks in here now without further ado on the TLD Logistics hotline. My friends at TLD Logistics Online, tldlogistics.com. Adam Sparks, of course, covers our Tennessee Volunteers, uh, the football program for your Knoxville News Sentinel. And, Adam, welcome in. Hope you're well, brother. I'm doing pretty good. I, I, if you had asked me a, a year ago how much NFL I'd be talking right now, I would say not very much. But I did a did a podcast, a Bears podcast this morning. I think I've got something with Jacksonville at a different time. I got to make an appearance for to talk about Jalen Hyatt for another team. It's uh, you know Tennessee's got what five guys that could go in the top 100 picks, probably four in the top, uh, maybe in the top two rounds. It's uh, it's it, it's more than I thought I would be talking about Vols going to the NFL, but here we are. And the question is, if you had uh, a choice and you're in NFL uh, and you're 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 in the drafting game, which of those five players do you think has the best NFL career? The Ooh. five top guys. Um. Well, that's tough. Um. Because I can kind of find a a flaw with each of them. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to run through them in my head. I mean, I guess probably Darnell Wright. I mean, I mean, he's moving up draft boards because if you're drafting an offensive tackle and what right now looks like maybe the top 15 picks, I mean, I've seen him mock draft to the Bears at nine. If you're picking an offensive tackle in the first round, especially in the, the first half of the first round, you're saying this guy is going to be a high-end NFL player for a decade because you don't draft an offensive tackle, to, you know, to, in the first round to play four years and be done. Um, so I, I guess I guess him. It's just a funny thing because I can see Hendon Hooker being a starter for three or four years in the NFL. I could see him being Josh Dobbs and a quality veteran backup. Um, I could see Jalen Hyatt being a big play pro bowler. I could see him getting pushed around in the NFL and not having a long career. I could see Cedric Tillman. I, I, if I had to compare where I, where they're mocked at, where they're projected at, versus where they're going to be, I think Cedric Tillman is probably it should probably be higher than what he's projected as um, because of the five. I've seen him the lowest of the five in the mock draft, and I think he should actually be up pretty pretty high. Um, I, I would almost think Cedric Tillman may have the best chance of having a, 
uh, a good NFL career as much as the other four, but he's behind the other four in all the projections that I see. I agree with that on Tillman, and, and I think you and I are thinking similar things, which is, man, those physical wide receivers, first of all, they don't grow on trees. And secondly, if you can get one that functions within your offense, somebody made the case earlier, I don't know if he's as big as Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know all the measurables, but he kind of smacks of that a little bit, and he's a physical guy that can go up and catch, we've seen him, he can go up and catch traffic and catch passes, and uh, you know, a guy like that get gets in a camp, can become a quarterback's friend very quickly. Yeah, I mean, like when people go up against Jalen Hyde, I think a, a DB going up against Jalen Hyde is going to say, uh, I, this guy can run past me. Uh, I, I need to back up. This guy can run past me. Eventually, that you know, that there's counters to that. Eventually, age can slow that down. I think when they go up against Cedric Tillman, they're going to say, this guy can push me around. This guy can go, go up and get the ball over me. This guy can physically uh, uh, yep. compete with me at, at an yep. NFL level. I think Cedric Tillman will do that on day one. And so that, that's why I tend to think Tillman should be, should be higher than he is. But, again, I think there's flaws with all these guys. You know, the most interesting thing with the NFL talk with the Vols this week to me has been the – you know, the little spat that Darnell Wright got into, I'm sure you guys saw that on Twitter, um, where he, a, a podcaster in Cincinnati, uh, said he thought he was just a right tackle, he can't play left tackle, and apparently Darnell Wright got into his DMs and called him a couple of names and then later apologized and all that. I, there's There's been a lot of talk on that. I think that's interesting because Darnell Wright is now being looked at, I think, as either too sensitive or really competitive, whichever way I like you really want to. Yeah, whichever way you want to interpret that. Yep, yep. And I yep. think that I think that's interesting because a large portion of his time at Tennessee was spent facing questions uh, that were sort of in the line of, "Hey, are you a bust?" Now, I never heard a reporter say, "Hey, Darnell, are you a bust?" Then maybe <laughs> maybe you don't want to be close to him when you say that. But there was always sort of a shade of that questioning up until this year when it, he showed that he was not a bust because he came in as a five-star, and any time he did, he didn't do media a lot, but any time he did, you know, people would kind of couch it in different ways and say, you know, you came in with a high grade. Do you feel like you've met that potential? Is it is it a lot of pressure to deal with the expectations of being a great player and still not getting there? And so, you know, being questioned, are you good enough to be where you're ranked? He's answered that almost his whole college career. So anybody questioning him now going into the draft, I think this is sort of old territory for him. I like guys that are getting somebody's DM and fight for themselves. Why not? Adam, let me ask you something. The spring ball, uh, which is take it or leave it, whatever it is, it is what it is. Tennessee's rested a bunch of guys this year. As Sean Sinclair said earlier, They've had the luxury through building some roster depth to do that, and now they're trying to develop their depth with these practices. Give me a few takeaways. What, what do you feel like has been accomplished this spring? And and maybe some some people on that roster that have maybe helped themselves as we look toward the summer. Well, I mean, m- mostly what I'm interested in is are the newcomers. I mean, there's always steady improvement from some of the other guys. I don't, th- I don't know if they've answered the question at edge rusher yet. Uh, I think that's still a looming question that will that will go into the fall. 
Uh, I think they have a better idea of what they're going to do at offensive tackle, and that they have not quite shown that because they played those three tackles, Crawford, Mincy, and uh, and the new and Josh Campbell. They played them on both sides, but I think I think Glenn Ellerby, the O line coach, has a better idea of what he wants to do there. Um, I think they feel more confident about their young running backs. I think they feel like Dylan Sampson can roll into the into the rotation now. They 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 hoped that, but I'm not sure if they were sure about that before. But I think the newcomers, uh, Keenan Peely, they feel like physically can play at this level. Uh, at linebacker, Gabe Judy Lally, uh, if they played tomorrow, would maybe start at corner. Uh, they like a lot of the intangibles he brings uh, just beyond his play. And uh, Dante Thornton, I think they're excited about what they can do with him in the offense. He's been a slot receiver mostly. He can also play on the outside. I think Josh Hopple and, and Joey Halsley will go into the offseason and say, okay, we know we've seen what we have in Dante Thornton at wideout. We, we've seen him in person now. Let's, let's spend the offseason thinking of ways to use him because Bayless Jones Jr. they used in the slot one way, and they used Jalen Hyatt in quite a different way, more of a vertical game. And then they've got sort of a plan with Squirrel White they've done. How can they use Dante Thornton? And I think – this spring has has maybe opened up their eyes to, to his potential. I'll be curious to see how he plays in the spring game because I think Dante Thornton is one of the guys that fans could go away away from that game Saturday and saying, "Well, who is that guy?" Because uh, he, he does flash in that way. He's six five, two o five, looks the part. If he has a couple of plays, I think people will be pretty excited about him Saturday. It's a really great answer and. You know, there, there are some other guys out there. Sean, is there anybody in particular that you would like to ask uh, Adam about in terms of his um, his opinion and, and what he's hearing on, on a certain guy? Well, I'd like to know uh, just some of the younger guys. Um, I think it's important that uh, Caleb Perry and Elijah Herring step up, uh, that they can become, you know, I guess this past scrimmage was not, a shining moment for those young linebackers, but you know if those guys are are catching up, and then some of the some of the developmental offensive linemen. I mentioned the Grant kid, and we hear about Addison Nichols, but they're you know like some of the interior uh, the Riddick kid. What are you hearing about those guys? And then the last thing is, I think that if he can get some of the blocking down, I think this I think a combination of Castles, Elijah Davis, and uh, Warren. I think that could be very effective for this offense at tight end. Yeah, I think uh, so. Like at tight end, I think there's a chance people could be impressed more by Davis and Castles in the in the in the uh, in the spring game, just because I could see Davis making a couple of more vertical catches. He's a he's a he's a pass catching tight end. But what Castles will do from inline blocking and catching the ball is going to be that well-rounded part of him is going to be more uh, more important. I think coaches will be more impressed with Castle. Fans may be a little more impressed with Davis just if he makes a couple of catches in open field. Big athletic guy. Um, at linebacker, um, yeah, Herring and Perry, from my understanding, had good first scrimmage, a bad second scrimmage. I mean, there's, you know, they sort of stick out if they don't play well. They stick out more than others because, if your linebackers aren't playing well, that either means the tackling is poor, which it was in the second scrimmage, um, or coverage is breaking down. And a big 
emphasis on those linebackers have been they want guys that can drop into coverage, into pass coverage, because as bad as the secondary has been, issues with, with, with coverage by linebackers has been blamed somewhat, has been responsible somewhat for the, for the poor pass defense. So, like Aaron Carter, the, uh, the freshman at Smyrna, uh, you know, has looked good at times in coverage. They need Herring to step into that position. Um, you know, the offensive line, Cooper Davis was, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Cooper Mays was back, uh, at center the other day. He was out for about a week or so, uh, or at least limited by an injury. He's back now. So maybe we'll get a better look at the interior offensive line. They've got a few guys that are, that are working in the guard, uh, to fill a Jerome Carvin spot. But they need Mays at, at center because they, they need this offense to function efficiently. And, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of been hit or miss in the first scrimmage. I think it was better in the second one. Um, you know, I mean, Joe Milton can run the, the offense efficiently, but if you think back like to the Orange Bowl, people tend to remember that, well, Joe Milton was great in the Orange Bowl. He was the MVP and all that. But that, they punted eight times in that game. So the offense was good at spots, but it was actually not good at a lot of others in the Orange Bowl. And so, I want to see this offense run efficiently and fast. I want it to look like what it did when it was really good last year. And uh, in the first scrimmage, that was not the case. They had some three and outs, from my understanding. And so it, it was, again, hit or miss. I want it to see it run efficiently. And that means Cooper Mays is at center. Joe Milton is at quarterback. The whole offensive line is, is intact. And they have more of the ones running against the ones. I, I want to see this offense walk away and say, Okay, that, that looks like the offense that I saw last year. Adam, that's an excellent, excellent thought uh, on your part. And for this club, have there been any pleasant surprises in the spring? You, you mentioned the Thornton kid earlier who they, who they thought they liked, obviously. Have there been any sort of, um, I don't know, development stories, guys that have sort of come out of nowhere, really helped themselves, put themselves into the conversation here? Um, Omar Norman Lott, um, he's a newcomer, but I feel like if we list the, what is it, eight transfers they have, he's like, he's like the sixth or seventh you mentioned. A lot of the other guys get more of the headlines. Omar Norman Lott, it's hyphenated Norman Lott, he's defensive lineman, interior lineman, 300 pounder out of Arizona State. He's, he's almost more of a specialty guy, at least that's what he was billed as. A, he's a guy that can rush the passer but from the interior. He's not an edge guy. He's on the inside. And he, he's flashed a number of times. Um, we've heard the coaches, uh, you know, compliment him a number of times. If you watch the, the little scr- a few of the little scrimmage sessions we've seen, we've seen him get to the quarterback. And, and they need that. Cause I, I don't think the edge rusher is going to be fully developed this year. They've got options there, but they're mostly young options that are still coming into their own. And so they've got to get a pass rush somewhere else. And Omar Norman Lott is, is a way for them to get to the quarterback from the inside. And uh, th- that's why they added him, more of a specialized guy. And I think that's, that's what he's going to bring to the table. Adam, you're the man. If folks want to follow your work uh, or interact with you, how do they do so? And I appreciate you jumping on with us on a day where you're going to do like nine different radio hits it sounds like you're you're going to be up there uh with john adams before it's over <laughs> yeah it's uh 
draft primer, it's spring game primer, and it's uh, NCAA hearing primer. So priming for everybody. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, print the new Sentinel online, knoxnews.com, and uh, on Twitter, at Adam Spark. Adam, you're my man. Thank All you, buddy. Right. You guys, Appreciate you. You guys have a good one. Uh-huh. Appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. If you are an owner-operator, TLD Logistics, ladies and germs, has a place for you on their team. And Also, uh, driver training classes are now forming. Sean Sinclair, I was told the other day, do not panic on the baseball balls from the great Jim Peters, who texted me yesterday and said, Tony, this team's finding itself but they're playing in the most unforgiving league in America with which to find itself. And he's exactly right. This league this year is a meat grinder, Cinco. It really is. And we talked earlier about how, you know, this we could have a top ten team and be losing two or three to teams that are ahead of us in the nation. I mean, that's just that's just the gauntlet that this schedule is. Um, I appreciate the Sunday wins. It looks like for the most part we're cleaning up some stuff. <clears throat> I just wonder, I wonder with our, our Friday and Saturday pitchers, again, I don't change it. I, I've not heard this talked about, but I'm not sure why they switched Dolander from Saturday to Friday. I get that he was the player of the year. I get that he's thought to be number one. However, Chase Burns really, you know, locked down that Friday thing. Now they're both seemingly a little unsettled. I'm not saying that's the reason why it is, but I don't understand why you would break that up. Um, they're both aces. It looks to me like both of those guys are trying to be too precise. Uh, it looks like they're shaking off quite a few pitches, um, which if they would just grab the, get on the rubber, listen to what Coach Anderson is calling, and then grip it and rip it i think i think they've probably find a lot more success i think they're I, th- I think they're just thinking too much to be quite honest with you evan russell advocates sean exactly what you're talking about it'll be really interesting to see if the struggles continue if tennessee goes back to the old way in the meantime we will return into tony basilio's show the great john schneider breaking it down scientifically right after this Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. 
Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. 
Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Bow your head, ladies and gentlemen, when you say his name. The great John Schneider now joins us on the show. My friends at FC Alliance are holding tryouts. And then I want to talk to him about the eight, uh, th- how things are coming along with our friends at uh, 865 as their season's right around the corner. But... Uh, John Schneider, I welcome you in, brother. No rest for the weary with you, my good man, because uh, this is a busy time of the year for (laughs) y'all. For sure. For sure, man. I really appreciate you having me on. But, uh, yeah, there's not much sleep going on right now. So talk to me here, because what you guys do in your program at FC Alliance is you've got, uh, for any level of soccer that, people want to get into uh you've got something for everybody and now with your teams that are going to be playing this summer that is absolutely the case but tell us about fc alliance tryouts that are going on and how folks can get involved because for both age groups they're right around the corner aren't they oh yeah for sure and uh we only get to try out our youth teams uh once a year and um so uh if you uh, have a uh, son or daughter, that is a birth year of uh, 2012 through 2016 birth year, that would be uh, May 15th through May 19th. That's the week we can try them out, and uh, that's uh, only once a year we get to do this, so that's why it's always such a big deal. And if you uh, have son or daughter's birth years of uh, 2005 through 2011, it's uh, June 2nd through uh, June 9th. And... Uh, so that's always a great time for us. We, we love seeing new faces, and uh, we, we, we love watching our kids uh, advance and move up in age group, and it's, it's always a fun time for us. How many teams do you have, John? How many club teams do you guys have? A little over 60. Wow. That's absolutely yeah, it, amazing. Yeah, it's actually funny to think that it all started with two teams uh, back in uh, 2001, and uh, now it's grown into 60, and now two pro teams uh, at the senior level. So it's it's been a fun ride. I'm not trying to brag on FC Alliance here, but you guys have had 500-plus college commitments since 2010. Many of those youngsters are going to be playing uh, in your um, 865, uh, which is going to be getting underway at Hardin Valley in May. I'm going to give you a chance to talk about that. But you've done so many incredible things um, in terms of nationally ranked type players that have come out of here. And uh, if you could, just give us a couple of those, couple of those things to tick off because it's, it's interesting things that are worth noting about FC Alliance and your program? Yeah, you know, one thing I always tried to do when I started FC Alliance way back was uh, I never wanted a smaller community to be excused for not doing things at the highest level through soccer. And uh, we have um, basically tried to ignore the fact that we're in a smaller market. And we, we compete in the top um, girls' uh, 
uh, league in, in the country. And um, there's no argument. It's the very top in the country. And we're one of uh, 132 teams in the United States that are in it and only one of two in the state of Tennessee that are in it. We're doing out of Knoxville. And our teams do quite well. And on the boys' side, um, we are probably uh, the second highest level, which is also called ECNL. And uh, Elite Clubs National League is what the actual name is. And um, we're one of 148 uh, clubs in the entire country that are in it and one of three in the state of Tennessee. And, uh, and, and, and we do well. We've, in the last, Tony, in the last two months, we've had our high school age girls in front of 300 different colleges, uh, at college showcases. So the platform that FC Alliance can give, um, a young aspiring soccer player or, uh, even a high school aspiring soccer player, uh, is, is unparalleled. Um, we, we, in the old days, we would go to college showcases all the time and we would be lucky to have three, three people, three coaches at a game. And now we show up and there literally be 60 different schools for each game at our showcases. So the platform is just amazing. Um, we're pretty excited to be part of it. And, um, most of the comments we get is how do you guys compete as well as you do from a market your size? Uh, but we just, it's come more like a rallying cry for us than an excuse. But that's really kind of about development, isn't it? If you're going to compete at that level, you got to get kids when they're young, and then and then they have to develop, right? Kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball. It's 100% right. You know, we get them in early. We have a very experienced staff. Um, we have the most experienced staff in uh, all of East Tennessee. Um, my goodness, our boys director played for Manchester United, played for uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. And he lives here in Knoxville. It's just crazy. Um, One of our top girls coaches uh, has won 18 state championships. So we've acquired arguably the best staff in the state. A lot of people feel it's one of the best staffs in the southeastern region. And uh, we do it all here from Knoxville. I just looked it up, John. You just told me that you're one of 148 in the United States in that ECNL deal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking on Google here. I just Googled how many youth soccer clubs are there in America. It says there are 10,000. Now, I'm yeah. not a mathematician, but 148 from 10,000, I mean, my gosh, that's incredible that you guys are in that. Yeah, and it took us a long time to get in it. You know, a lot of times people hear that we're in in the league and they're like, take it with a grain of salt, but they don't realize it took us eight years to get in. And for the boys, it took ten. And, uh, you know, now that we're in, we're doing well, we're competing, and and uh most important reason we wanted to get in is we believe in uh, helping our kids uh, obtain college scholarships through the sport of soccer. Um, and we do a really good job at it. We've put about 600 kids into college on scholarship since 2008. I mean, that's a huge number. I'm going to have a link up on the blog tomorrow uh, for information on the tryouts over at tclub.team, so check it out. John, on the way out, talk to me about where things are with 865. You guys are six weeks out. Have you realized what you've gotten yourself into just yet? 
<laughs> I've realized it because we don't sleep much anymore, but um, it's actually been exciting. Um, our, you know, we chose to build it with a lot of our former players and current players, um, actually as a an opportunity for them to come back home in the summer in their off season with college to have quality training and to have an opportunity for them to have the best college career they can have. Well, then the synergy we got out of it was was amazing. Um, players that had just retired out of pro leagues that had played with us back in, you know, their birth years, like 1994. We still have players almost 30 years old that have come back that have just resigned from playing. And one of our local guys, Timmy Baker, played for me back in his birth year of 1994, and he's been playing in Australia and Spain, and, that, and now he wanted to come back and finish playing here in his hometown for the club because they want to reach back out to our younger you know, generation of players to come out and watch him play. And it's just been amazing. And our women's team, you know, we're the first one, you know, to uh, decide to step out and build the quality of the women's team we did. I mean, our women's team will be far superior than some of the top, you know, NCAA Division One teams in the country because we probably have eight SEC players from different schools on our yes. women's team who played in our yes. club. So we're to, kind of like an all-star team. What, yeah. 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 And, and you guys are going to be suiting it up on Saturdays. And to get an idea over at Hardin Valley, and I'll let John give the address out on that here momentarily, but to give you an idea of what they're doing, it's akin to these wooden bat leagues uh, that we talk about with Tennessee baseball in the summer where these top college kids – will go and migrate on these teams, and they'll play at an extremely high level. And that's going to take place right in our backyard. And John was on here a couple couple uh, weeks ago saying that a couple of these guys that are playing in the in the uh, in the um, uh, in his deal have MLS aspirations. A couple of them are highly highly decorated uh, college players. I mean, it's really exciting stuff that's happening right here in our own backyard. So with that in mind, if folks want more information about what you guys are doing, John, and I appreciate you joining us, uh, how do they do so? If you if, if you are very interested in uh, signing a kid up for youth soccer um, and having them be part of what we're talking about, that that web address is easy. It's just fcalliancenox.org, fcalliancenox.org. And if you'd like to uh, check out what we're doing on the pro level, uh, with our men's and women's team, and uh, that one is 865alliance.com. And Thank you, that is uh, 865alliance.com. Yes, and, Tony, thanks, man, as always. It's great having you supporting us, and uh, we look forward to making everybody proud. Thank you as well. Uh, appreciate John Snyder joining us on the program. 865-200-5402, the number. If you want to get in, i got the 15 to play. Let's get Ryan in here been holding patiently and uh let's jump ryan in the mix and in the hunt with us and in the hunt and in the mix ryan hello how you doing hey ryan welcome in brother hey i'd originally called to uh rip one of your callers but uh your question today got me in a little intrigued um all right talk to me yeah. what, what's intriguing about the question um my thoughts on it are if you look at the wide receivers who have been really successful from Tennessee in the league, they're not the number one wide receivers on a team. They're the guys like Juwan Jennings, 
or uh, or a bird over there in in San Diego or on the Chargers. Um, they're guys who end up being really reliable, and every now and again we'll have a breakout game where they get a couple of touchdowns. But they're not your Waddles, your Coopers. They're not your you know Justin Jefferson. Like they're not the big time cachet wide receivers. And the thing is, I don't see Jalen Hyatt being either one of those. I don't see him being up there with the Waddles, the Coopers, and I don't see him being like that resilient, reliable wide receiver like Bird or Jennings. I do see Cedric Tillman being like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, look, Hyatt's a nice player. I don't trust him as a pro. Nice player. He's going to go higher than Cedric Tillman. But if you were to ask me which of those guys do you trust more, as a pro player, I'm with you. I, I think, Sean, you're on this page too, right? I'm not going to put words in Sean's mouth. Are you on that page too, Sean? I think it's too early to uh, say that um, just because Hyatt's had one year. Um, and we don't, he's going, a couple things about him, and I, and I mean this in a good way. He's going to have to develop his body, he's going to have to develop his mm-hmm. skill set. Mm-hmm. Meaning that can he get off press coverage? Because I've not seen it. He's too light, and then even even someone like five nine Daryl Revis will jack him up every play. So he's got to do that. Plus, also, you know, he's had some over the years some maturity issues uh, off the field. I'm not I'm not disparaging him. I had some too. But you know what what's going to happen to that young man when he's supposed to be a number one receiver. He at Tennessee he was a number three receiver. Not in stats, but in progress they 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 took the other two big guys and tied up cornerbacks so he could run free. So what's gonna happen when he has expectations on him and he has a big fat wallet in a new city? He's had one year of 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 walking straight and narrow. And again, please do not hear that as criticism. I think those are just observations. So if you want to say trust him as far as predictability, I agree with you, Tony. I, I think that Tillman now, – now, we haven't had Justin Jefferson because we've been terrible. You know, we, so we, those are the guys that have been on the roster. We haven't, had, we haven't been able to recruit five-star wide receivers here in well over a decade. That's a good so, point. But it will be interesting to see because I think someone like Dante Thornton, it wouldn't surprise me if he's a first-round draft choice next year or the year after. Ryan, uh, of the five, who would you take first? Who's who's your first pick, Ryan? Of the five, I who's the who is the best pass rusher in the draft this year? Arguably, it's it's Will Anderson, right? Who's yes. the only player who shut him down all year? It's a great point, it's Darnell man. Wright. It's a great and if point. I'm if I, I mean I I don't he's not he's not a position player like wide receiver or quarterback, so I don't know if he goes first. But I think he's probably the most important piece that a team could pick up. And I see him like a Trey Smith. You know, maybe you get him a little bit lower than is expected, but all of a sudden in a couple of years we're seeing highlights of him murdering people on the offensive line. Like, I just see that happening. He, I mean, he, he took the best and he shut him down for, you know, 60 minutes. So, what do you guys mind, make of the, what do you guys, what do you guys make of the, uh, and I like the right answer, but what do you make of what Adam Sparks said about about a half hour or so ago on here when he said that uh, there was a podcaster that disparaged him as a one-handed 
offensive lineman who couldn't flip to the other side. And apparently he got in the guy's DMs and really went after him. Talking about right, just ripped this guy for what he said about him. Is that a guy, uh, Sean, that overstepped his bounds there? Or is that a guy that showed some competitiveness and some fire? In a way, I kind of like that. In a way, I like it. I think that's a, to me that sounds like an agent that didn't have his client groomed uh, for this process. Um, you know, everybody everybody absolutely is entitled to their opinion, and most people in the draft have connections, so they there's no there's no unbiased opinion as far as guys go. So, you know, I'm not here to criticize the guys the guys uh, opinion of Darnell. Um, you know, it's just. I don't know. I, I think it's. I think Darnell probably would have been left to, uh, you know, stay back a little bit from that, not respond at all. I'm not criticizing him or not trying to, uh, but also remember, Darnell Wright is very young. I think he may only be 19 right now, and even though he's played several years, I mean, he was extremely young coming in as a true freshman, and so it's it it may be. Uh, it may be a little, and you, you you watch the guy in interviews. He's uh, just a uh, uh, just a you know a very friendly, kind of shy kid. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I, if someone cracked on me, I'd probably be offended. I don't do Twitter and all that stuff, but I'm okay with it. Uh, probably not in his best interest, but I'm okay with. There's it. There's no way he's only he's only 19 though. He's got to be at least 21. He got to be in college for three years, right? Well, he's been in college for four years, I think. He would be older than nineteen. Well, well, you think, but I, he could be a senior at sixteen. So who knows? He's twenty. Okay, he's twenty, twenty-one, whatever he is. But he's but I've but he's very young for uh, being a fourth-year senior. Anything else for us, Ryan? Excellent call that. by you. Uh, I, I yeah, was that's just right. Say, on Hooker, on Hooker, um, I think the thing to look at with Hooker is. His percentage of passes completed over 20 yards versus his rate of interception. The guy threw 10 touchdowns for every one interception in the two years he was here. And he was arguably passing over 20 yards more than any other quarterback. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady, but the guy's got the skill set to be successful. Uh, You just got to put him in the right program. Um, and keep him in the pocket. I think he's got a good brain. I think he's got a mindset to make the right decisions, and he's careful with the football, which NFL teams value. Uh, it's paramount to the play in that game. You've got to be able to process the line of scrimmage. You have to know who's getting the football, which are things that are beautiful about Hendon Hooker. I, I tell you what Hendon Hooker taught me. And, and Sean, you, you referenced my friend who said, who's been in professional sports for several decades, who says that guys are allowed to get better. That's their saying. And Hendon Hooker taught me, when it comes to this whole transfer portal deal, that sometimes a fresh start can mean just that, a fresh start. You never could have convinced me he could have been the player he was here. Never. Ever in a million years could you have convinced me, me he would develop me neither. the player he Me became. neither. Good and good for him. Yep. And who who's to say he doesn't get drafted and then a couple of years down the road get traded and all of a sudden you see like Matt Stafford over in LA? 
you know, well, you know the, the, the things that you really look for. The, everyone, where was that guy? The things that I appreciate about him is, one, obviously he's talented, he's mature, and he's he, he's able to control his emotions. Yup. And the quarterback position, that's, that's why Jay Cutler could never do anything. He couldn't manage his emotions. I mean, Baker Mayfield, same thing. You cannot let a call, a drop pass, or something like that affect you. I mean, we all laugh at snapping clear, but Hinden Hooker is incredible with that. Plus, he never goes and shows up a kid that did the wrong thing. He, you, nope. he absolutely got annihilated because of Dylan Sampson. You didn't hear him say a word about it. Twice. Yes, yeah. twice. That's right. And don't you think? Don't you guys think that, like, going into these interviews with these teams, the leadership mentality that he exhibits is something that they're picking up on? I mean, you're talking about the way Will Levis would lead a locker room or, or lack thereof, but don't you think seeing Hendon Hooker, the way he commanded Tennessee for two years, like that'll carry over to the NFL. He could get out there on the field and he could get the respect of those guys. Well, look, I mean, when you play in this league against his, these defenses, it's like Sean said, who am I going to take, a guy from this league or a guy from the West Coast? That kid from USC that's getting all that, I, I, I take Hooker over him. I'm sorry. I don't trust that guy at all. That Williams guy. I don't trust him. And and the injury wouldn't play into it because he's not been injury prone. That was that's one right. injury. And he'll that's be, right. he'll bounce back from that. Well, and with the science these days, see what's crazy is if I would have told you and I mean you or anybody listening, that when he got hurt in that game, that he was going to be a first-round pick, we would have all said, you people are nuts. But everything about this guy's time here has proven us that proven to us that just when you think you have it figured out, there's something else going on in the background. Because this guy is defying, and I'm not saying that you know him being drafted after being injured is some kind of odds-defying thing, but it kind of is. But the reason that he's being as valued as he is is because he had a hell of a year-and-a-half run here, and he's an incredibly great interview. He's extremely impressive. And when he stood up there, and the NFL media, who's very catty, the NFL media is very catty. They're very into their own thing. They're very snooty toward college football. And when he was asked at the Combine, you just you threw you know you threw against air. He said, "Well, my job was to find the open receiver. My job was to go to the line of scrimmage. We were going to scheme a receiver open, and I was going to get the ball to him. And I did my job, which is a great answer. You talk about somebody that was well prepared. That's not a, I'm going to put my head down because I threw for a million yards. I'm not your system quarterback. It's basically what he said. I I did my job at Tennessee. I did exactly what they asked of me." That's a great answer, man. Well, and when he got hurt, it wasn't just Tennessee fans who gasped. I mean, he captured the hearts and minds of the whole country. Anybody watching college football was loving the Hendon Hooker story, and nobody wanted to see him go down. That's, I mean, that's a transformative guy who's got everybody watching because they're loving watching him play. Well, so, I like listening to people... That like like when Greg McElroy, you can like him or not, that's fine. But you can't deny that the guy's not brilliant. 
No, he was. I think he was up for a road scholarship. He, he incredibly smart and knows and knows football and knows quarterbacks. And he's in love with Hinton Hooker. And so I think that that goes a long way than what some, you know, guy that's writing for the Dallas Tribune or whatever's out there, you know, is saying about him. And remember, a lot of these, a lot of this thing is in today's vernacular misinformation. I think a lot of this stuff about Levis is to throw people off. Because I, I, again, I'm not a hater, but I have never, like, the guy couldn't even scratch the feet. Tony at Penn State, what was he thought of? Uh, total joke. My, my brother sits there and he just cannot believe. In fact, he asked me the other day, he said, is this guy really going to be an, a top 10 NFL? I said, no, he's going to be a top five pick. And he was just like, you got to be, are you kidding? I, and here's the other thing, right? About Hooker. One day he'll go into the college hall of fame, college football hall of fame. And you know, he's going to go in as a Tennessee volunteer. And not the place where he played for three seasons. He started three times as many games there as he did uh, there than he did here. And he's going to go into the he's going to go into the College Football Hall of Fame as a Tennessee Volunteer. That guy will always be a Tennessee Volunteer. It's really well, I interesting. I, Levis wouldn't have uh, duplicated those numbers here. Not a uh, chance. Not a chance in a million years. Nope. Bryce Young could have. Too much of a, a rockhead. Yes, I agree with that. Bryce Young could have. Levis is too much of a rockhead, no doubt about it. Anybody that puts mayonnaise in their coffee and eats a banana, skin and all, can't be much. No offense to him. Ryan, you're the man. Thank you. Sean Sinclair, if folks want to interact with you, as I said earlier, we had two to play because i got to get on, get it on. I'm up here visiting family and whatnot, taking sort of a working vacation, if you will. Uh, so, Cinco, if folks want to interact with you, how do they do so? Tony B, I always appreciate that. You can reach us out here in Maryville, 681-3004 online. Uh, Sean, S-E-A-N, SinclairDDS.com. Uh, I have a wonderful team here. I'm the weak link. I hate to say that, but it's true in here. So if, uh, if you are in need of any of the services we provide, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, Tony, I hope you have a great time up in uh, the city of brotherly love. Much love to you, and as part of our TLD Logistics Overture. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it 
it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. 
Braves. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the multiplier instant games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Tennessee's natural sounds come alive in the spring. There's the bark of the red fox, the growl of the American black bear, the hoot of the great horned owl. And what's this? All right! Oh my, it's the howling of a Tennessee lottery player who's just won big. Heed the call to top prizes of up to $500,000 when you play the all-new instant games this spring. Find them at your nearest Tennessee lottery retailer today. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.